Hi, and welcome to Renton Christian Center's Recorded Ministries. As members of the body of Christ, we offer love and encouragement to everyone. As Pastor Alex leads us through God's Word, we hope you will be lifted and filled with joy as we open our hearts and minds to the love of Jesus and the hope He gives us all. Pam and I... I love America. Pam and I, uh, probably for the first time in a long time, actually had a chance to break away on Thursday to watch them practice. So we pulled out the boat and got in. It wasn't very crowded yet. It was in the morning, about 9.30 in the morning. And uh, so we got to go park up by the, the buoys along uh, south of I-90 and uh, literally spent about four hours just watching jets fly overhead. It was, it was an absolute blast. And, so I, I didn't take these pictures, but I did copy some pictures of the exact same kind of things that we got to see. Well, those babies are just absolutely majestic, absolutely per, uh, perfection when they fly. The formations are unbelievable. Of course, there's all the people in their boats having a happy time. It was nice and toasty. A little blurry, but can you believe it? Flying that close upside down on top of one another. <laughs> Just unreal. One of the things that I I just wanted to impress upon you is that when we think about heaven, it ought to make our minds soar. We ought to be just absolutely beside ourselves in terms of imagining how spectacular it's going to be. We ought to be so inspired, we ought to be so driven to want to go there that it shapes everything about our earthly life. Amen? Amen. And so the, the closest thing I could get, I mean, I've got another set of photos I'll, I'll bring next week there um, from the Hubble telescope that are absolutely mind-boggling as well. Just to inspire us to, to lift our sights to the kingdom where God dwells all the time, always has, always will, evermore will be. So we ought to be inspired, and in fact, I mean, pictures do it for me. I'm a very visual learner, and when I see pictures, my imagination just takes off, and I think, wow. How many of you as a kid wished you could fly like a bird when you were little? How many of you ever had dreams of flying? How many of you ever had dreams of falling? (laughs) See, the beauty about heaven is there is no falling, only flying. And so I wanted to just get our minds around the reality that is our future. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a fact, not fiction. Heaven is real. A couple more of these. Is that right? One of the pilots is a woman. Let's hear it for women. Yeah. I like that. That's beautiful. Good old mariners. And then going off into the fleur de lis or whatever that formation is, unbelievable. Well, I have something that's actually a little bit more inspiring than this. There's actually a video that um, was made of one of the U.S. women's soccer players who got to fly with one of these guys just Thursday, a couple days ago. So when you think about how God created man in his image so that we might dwell in his presence forever, that was nothing but a scratch of the surface. Not even close to the glory that awaits those of us 
for born-again believers and followers in Christ. That's why I think this verse is so key for the month of August. Because it, it completely takes everything about our future destiny in eternity beyond the realm of imagination. I would love for you to memorize this verse. Can we try it right now? Let's do it a few times. Okay, let's do it out loud together. Ready? No eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and it has never occurred to the human heart all the things God prepared for those who love Him. Wow. That's so moving. Let's do it again. No eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and it has never occurred to the human heart all the things God prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2, colon, 9 and 10. That's what it should have said. It's not 29. Chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. So even though the, the vastness of eternity is beyond our imagination, the question we have to ask is, does the Bible say anything then about heaven? And the answer is absolutely. The Bible is very clear and very concrete about several aspects of heaven, several aspects of our eternity, what it'll be like, what the purpose is, where it is, is even alluded to in Genesis chapter 1. So let's take a look at some of the scriptures that give us an overview about heaven. The first one, of course, is Genesis 1.1. Heaven's mentioned 276 times in the New Testament alone. But from cover to cover, Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation 21, heaven is the main topic. God begins by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. Everything about this vast universe is inside heaven. Heaven is larger than any galaxy, any space exploration, video, photograph of anything we've ever heard. In fact, the Bible says that God holds the heavens in his hands. So yes, the Bible definitely says heaven is one of the primary topics. In fact, it was here before you were. It was here before there was dirt. Then at the very end of the Bible, of course, Revelations carries the theme all the way through. It says, and he carried me away in the spirit. This is John the apostle speaking to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So heaven is there. It's, it's a place. In Genesis chapter 1, in the creation of the story, there's a couple of different versions, but one of them, King James calls heaven the firmament. The word firmament means it's a fixed place. It's an actual destination. It's not an idea. It's not a dream state. It's not some kind of la-la land that everybody invents for themselves. It's a place that God created and it still awaits those who belong to Jesus. So if we want to ask the question, does, does the Bible say anything about heaven? Of course, 276 mentions in the New Testament alone, not to mention the Old Testament, and then next few weeks we'll be going through a lot of those details. But for today, I, I simply want to get you to understand the fact that God is the one who gets to have the opinion that counts. It's not man. It's not someone's experience. It's not a four-year-old child who had an after or a what do you call it, a near-death experience. They came back to tell stories. As powerful and truthful as that may be, that is not our authority. Our authority about eternity and about heaven is the Word of God. This book and this book alone. There is no other reliable source. Others may agree with it. 
Others may have things that sort of seem to affirm it, but God's word is the only place to be confident that heaven is our future. Now, there are a lot of people who say heaven doesn't exist. And although I can understand scientifically you can't find it, it's, it's not a place that you can fly to or observe with a telescope. So I don't understand why people say there is no heaven. In fact, after death, we all just sort of vaporize. You've heard that before. I used to believe that. Until I started reading the Bible. And I realized, wow, this is way stronger evidence than anything I've ever had about my point of view, that we all just evaporate, that we just sort of uh, all go into this sort of annihilated nothingness state. But even aside from the Bible, does that make logical sense? Do you understand how challenging life on earth is? Do you understand how heavy and difficult things can be? Do you understand how amazingly emotional and elated we can become just because of things that happen on earth? Do you understand how complex the human mind is that can actually plan and predict and shape and invent and create and carry out all the things that we do? Can you imagine all of that going on for 70 plus years for most of us and then having that all come to nothing? For no purpose? Does that even make sense to you? It makes no sense to me. Our God is not a squanderer of such grace and like Marcelo said, such beauty that he created in humanity. It doesn't even make sense that there would be no eternity. That you would just take, fly and soar through all these experiences of life and you go into the valleys of troubles and trials and you come back out of those and then suddenly it's all over and it's just one big nosedive into nothingness. It makes no sense at all. So we've got to find an authority that says, no, it's not like that. It's like this. It actually satisfies the human intellect logically and then also has authority to say in final terms, undisputable terms, that yes, heaven is coming and eternity is your future one way or the other. Now, we'll talk about hell a little bit more next week. But keep in mind, not only is there eternal life after death, there's also eternal existence apart from God. It's called outer darkness. It's called separation from light. It's called hell. It's an ugly place. Eternity exists for every living human being from the day of conception, from the moment of conception. That human being, whether born or a frozen embryo, has an eternal future because God has breathed life into it. So we have to understand heaven is definitely mentioned in the Bible from cover to cover. Now, a lot of people don't believe in heaven because they don't really need it. You know, when I was young, I didn't need heaven. I mean, life was too wonderful and big right now. When you're young, you know, you're thinking about all the strength that you have, and you're discovering your gifts, and maybe a career, maybe a, a marriage, or a, having kids, or something, you know, that you've been able to accomplish. Uh, and so eternity is not very appealing. I mean, who needs it? I'm having a blast right now. But what happens when someone you dearly love abandons you, walks out of your life? Maybe a parent, maybe a spouse. What happens if you were to have an accident and suddenly you can't physically do the things you can do now? Or something happens with your brain and, and it just stops functioning and now you're just sort of immobilized. 
suddenly eternity should take on a whole new meaning. Amen? Amen. Because you realize, no, I, I, I can't just live out all my fantasies and all my dreams here on this, on this earth. I've just had a lot of that taken away. Maybe it's just old age. Maybe when old age begins to creep in, I, I promised I would never start telling old people stories, but <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm wearing Dr. Scholl's orthodox some kind of, anyway, big old honk, honking shoes. Huh? Orthotics, yeah, that's right, that one. Old person. But in, in spite of that, my feet are feeling better, but I, I still, from my parking spot to this front door, I'm, I'm just walking to church like this now. <laughs> and there are times, you know, when I'm getting moving and stuff and things get warmed up a bit, it's, it's not so bad, but this morning I'm just dragging, practically dragging one leg in, I'm going... I can't do the things I used to do. Oh, Jesus, come soon. <laughs> right? Because it's kind of like, you know, you start off with all this youthful strength and vigor and desire and all those kind of things, but as that begins to go down, our desire for heaven ought to go up. <laughs> the other side of that coin is you recognize this life is not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, I've, I've heard all these amazing songs about what, life could be for you and love could be for you and then you get to the reality of those things and yeah they're pretty amazing but that's not heaven baby it's just not as great as perhaps we once imagined as children life is difficult it's challenging and they're great successes and god does amazing things spiritually and relationally all that kind of stuff but it's clearly not where i want to spend my eternity in fact there are some cults i think it might be jehovah's witnesses who believe heaven is just going to be kind of a revamped version of earth thinking, no, thank you. <laughs> there will be a new heavens and a new earth, but it won't be that one, that's for sure. It won't just be like this one extended. Whew. That's why I'm thinking, why does medicine want to help us live longer? <laughs> the point is, because we weren't designed to live forever in this body. We were designed to live forever in heaven with our King. So the second question we have to ask is, what, what is heaven like? Oh, again, I mean, there's hundreds of verses, and we'll go into several in more detail. I just want to kind of lift your sights a little bit about how we need to desire to be in heaven with our King and our Master forever. So in order to go, to get an accurate description, we need to go to the expert. Do you know that there's only one person who's actually been to heaven and come back to earth? That's Jesus. So far. There have only been, well, in fact, you've heard stories from people who have had that near-death experience, and they talk about going down this tunnel, and this bright, bright light, and uh, perhaps seeing relatives, or seeing, you know, hearing a voice saying, go back, it's not your time yet, and anyway, all these great, beautiful experiences, but you know that Almost never do they mention seeing Jesus. And so I'm always a little questioning. Did they really have a, an encounter with God and then come back from that? The only time in the Bible where a living human saw Jesus in heaven before they died was in the book of Acts, when Stephen was being stoned. And it was said of him he had the face of an angel, and the last words before he died... He said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That's the only human who's had a vision 
of God or heaven or Jesus before they got there. So we have to be a little bit careful about every other description. No, they might be accurate, they might not be. With authority, we can say, Jesus knows what it's like. And again, I could have picked a hundred different verses, but I thought, I want to just get the big picture. How did he feel about it? He said it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold a few stocks and bonds so he could buy it. Went and sold his old used beater car. Went and sold... He, his old surfboard. <laughs> no, he started a little micro-business and went on to eBay. And uh, no, Amazon, and started getting this little thing going so he could get this, this field. No, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Jesus is trying to point out, if you know nothing else about heaven, know this, it's worth everything. Everything to get there. Everything to get there. It should definitely be on your bucket list. It's on my bucket list. It's probably, it's at the top in terms of priority, but I hope it's the very last thing I do. <laughs> heaven is definitely a place, it's worth everything you have. And, and the reason I want to share this is because not only is it a future glorious e existence that, that believers will have, but it, it ought to shape how we behave down here. That's, that's the selling part. What does it cost to make sure I arrive? I can't work my way there. I'm saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. But I still hear and I see in my Bible there's some measurement, measuring that goes on, some weighing in the scales, an evaluation of whether my life is wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, or earthen vessel material. I, there's something about how we live here that matters there. And I'm not exactly sure what the equation is. But I know there's something. So whatever it is, it's worth everything I've got to live a life pleasing to my Lord down here. So another question I have about what's it like? You know, it says that um, throughout the Psalms and Isaiah, the Lord of glory dwells in heaven. He dwells in heaven. And if you think about that, doesn't that sound like, wait a minute, I thought God held heaven in his hands. How can he live in such a small space? If God is infinite and eternal, God is spirit, he cannot be contained. I'm just, I, that's the way I think. I'm going, okay, who lives inside of what? And the Lord gave me a picture. He said, here's how, here's how it works, Alex. My spirit inhabits every particulate matter in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. Every bit of the atmosphere, whatever heaven consists of, is permeated with my presence. It's like a heavy mist you can't get away from, you can't get out of. It doesn't, it's not heavy enough to fall to the ground, it's not light enough to lift. It's just always there, this presence of mist. Not a fog, because that's kind of depressing, but just like maybe an aroma. Maybe just this beautiful, um, like an incense, it just fills everything. So heaven is, it's, a destination, it is a place, it's fixed, yes, but it's not that at all. It's, it's a presence of God permeating everything and every human, every fiber and cell of my being in my glorified body and yours. So we have to kind of get out of the, 
I don't know. If I'm going to walk with Jesus today, it's not like walking with my wife, this finite human next to me. It's, it's really walking in his presence that should permeate everything I do and everywhere I go. I can't escape it or him. The Bible makes it very anthropomorphic, meaning man-like, by saying the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone that loves him. Like as if he has eyes that can like see, oh, wait, quick, quick, oh, saw something, wait a minute, over there. No, he permeates every, I like particulate matter, that kind of sounds scientific to me. But he, he permeates everything. So if that's the case, then not only is it a glorious place to go to, but if I understand that it is my inevitable destination because I am a believer of Christ in Christ, I ought to let heaven permeate everything I am down here too. That's why when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's even as near as a spoken word. The minute you start speaking as though it's there or he's there, it's like what prayer is, instantly you're together. You're one with him. So I want, I want my future destination to shape my current behavior today. There's a couple of other fun things that I'll share next week, but I'm going to just hold off on those. And go to number three instead. What is the purpose of heaven? And this is kind of where it begins. This is where it begins. This is pretty phenomenal. When you think about heaven, you know, I, I didn't really want to be an angel on a cloud playing a harp. That's a stand-up bass. Here's a harp. That <laughs> didn't really thrill me. It just seemed so boring. And then I, I think about, okay, if um, everything is eternal, everything is, you know, right here, right now, then that doesn't have any need for me to plan, or there's no future, there's no past, it's all the eternal now, and so, wow, do we all just like sit in suspended animation in awe of God? I mean, I don't get it. And then the Lord showed me this verse, the very end, back to Revelations. When you talk about the purpose of heaven, why are we going there? Why does God want us there with him? Beautiful picture right here. I saw the holy city, Revelations 21.2. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as what? A bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. It's a metaphor, but a very, very important metaphor. Because throughout the scriptures, Jesus talked about his body. He's the head. The church is his body. He talked about purifying us, the church, like a bride being cleansed and all blemishes removed. So there's something about this wife of God picture that we're supposed to capture. Whatever we do, the purpose of heaven is like, like you can't take metaphors too far, otherwise they get crazy. But you can take them a little ways and go, it's like being married to God. Well, what, what's that all about? What's a marriage relationship actually about? Is it the 40 hours a week, who's doing dinner tonight, you got the kids and all their dishes? There is a lot of that, but most marriages hopefully go deeper than just tasks to be done, bills to be paid, lawns to be mowed, window sills to be painted, and, and all, right? The real reason, at least we're supposed to, to get married is so that you can have this communion, this depth of fellowship. It's, it's called intimacy with another human, where 
you're getting to know one another by doing things together, by communication, by working, by struggling together. You're getting to know one another. But the, the real goal of all of those is the fascinating discovery of another human life on the interior. It's like, wow, look what makes you tick. I thought you were afraid, but you were actually being very cautious and wise. I thought you were laughing at me, but you're actually laughing with me. All those discoveries of these internal workings of another human life. Isn't that what marriage is supposed to be? He calls it being one, becoming one. And all of the relationships that we have, the physical, the romantic, the intellectual, the discussion, trial, error, everything, is for the purpose of knowing and being known. So, if I think about the purpose of heaven, it, it's not stand-up bass or harp, <laughs> and it's not getting all wigged out about the future and the past and having a schedule. And I mean, The other one that gets me is the geography of heaven. If I'm over here and God's over there, you know, or if my wife is up there and, you know, and my cousin's over there, I mean, geography is just too small of a dimension to explain it. Rather than get wrapped up in all of that, what, what I think Jesus is trying to, to get us to see is that there's an intimacy and an immersion one into the other. God and you. You with your Savior, Jesus Christ. And we know that's true because he's given us a taste. Paul calls it a down payment. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. As a down payment, kind of like, here's what's to come. This is yours. The Holy Spirit in me, I in him, learning to walk together as one, even though he's invisible, I'm visible. He's eternal, I'm still finite, at least in this body. Learning how to be intimately acquainted, married to my husband, God. So if we can just ask the Lord this morning to kind of elevate what our small little lives really should be about, and understand that those who don't yet know Jesus as their Savior, not only are they missing out on a glorious future and a glorious present, but they've got a destination they will forever regret signing up for. And the problem is they've already got the ticket. They don't have to sign up. They're there by default. That's where they're headed. Outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if we could just understand that not only were they created for so much more than what they're living for now, but wow, they could be rescued from that separation from God. If we would just simply say, Jesus, in some shape, form, sentence, structure, whatever you want to do, I love Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You need Jesus. Oh, Lord, thanks for speaking to me. I mean, whatever it takes to just get his name on your lips and out into the airwaves so people at least have a hint how to get there too. We need to be passionate, concerned, frightened for people's eternal destiny when we're with our friends and family. We just can't downplay that and say, oh, the Holy Spirit will take care of it. Or I'll wait till Sunday and Pastor Alex can tell him. I may not make it. <laughs> you and I all have to take responsibility. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. Jesus, like that marriage picture, that beautiful picture of the bride and the groom, Jesus and his church. And the bride isn't standing across from him at the altar. His bride is surrounding him. 
multitudes and multitudes and multitudes, kind of like the, the flowing train on a beautiful bridal gown. The people of God are his bride. And Jesus is at the center of it all. So, Father, thank you so much, Lord. Would you help us, Lord God, to, to not be so focused on the things of this world, but to set our hearts and our minds on the things above so that we can live our lives today actually exemplifying the fact that we've got one foot in heaven, even though our other foot is still here on earth. Would you help us to demonstrate, Lord, by the choices we make, the decisions we make, so that we can glorify you, that your presence would be visible in our behavior, in our speech, in our goals, even in our dreams. So Father, help us to live in the reality of heaven first. And as we do that, Lord, no matter how far along this journey we are, just beginning, middle, or near the end, would you give us the courage to say so? I'm living for heaven. I'm living for eternity. And Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life, the only door to get in. And I just want to say that out loud. So Lord, help us to have the courage when you open those doors to speak truth, hope, gospel plan to every person we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I read somewhere, um, the best GPS to get, gospel plan of salvation. That'll get you where you need to go. Amen. amen. Well, if you need any prayer for anything at all, I'd love to stay around and pray for healing, relational issues, personal challenges, whatever. We have a God who wants to bring heaven to your world right now as we pray. So may God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Yes, God's word is so awesome. Thanks, Pastor Alex. I hope this message blesses you as it does me. We have an awesome time of worship during each of our services. We have infant and child care available, as well as complete children's education program. We host the Wildfire Youth Programs Wednesday evenings. Be sure to visit our website at rccfoursquare.org. Here's a final word from Pastor Kevin. Do you ever have thoughts about your purpose in life? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you walked away and it's time to come home. You know, really our walk with God is about a personal relationship with Him. That's what He wants. I believe that's what we want. I encourage you to take a few moments and allow this message to sink in. Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. You know, the Bible says that if we draw close to Him, that He will draw close to us. So do that today. God bless.